Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's start. Hamid Bays in the middle. Itmar. Yedam she'in mochichos. Shulchan Aruch explains beginning of Sun Reshvav. Yodos. In parentheses, Pirish. Yodos shehischilinda. Yodos, which literally means hands. That a person began the articulation of a vow. Velogomar hadibo. And he did not complete the wording. Avapikain hunasa. Nonetheless, the vow is effective. Ki'ilonadakol hadibo. As though he has articulated the entire speech. And this is a terminology, yados, that is a metaphor like a person who holds on to the handles of a vessel. By holding on to the handles of the vessel, he utilizes the vessel. It is as though he's holding on to the vessel itself. So he's got a pot. He doesn't have to hold on to the sides of the pot, the pot itself. He can hold on to the handles and thereby have the full utility of the pot. So that is a metaphor for this idea of a partial articulation of a vow. Yodos. So Yadam she'emochichos, what if the articulation was vague? It's not only incomplete, it's also a bit vague. Abaya Omar having a dime. Abaya says, Nonetheless, such, such articulations have the effectiveness of Yadayim. Virova Omar lo having Yadayim. Rabbi disagrees. He says that is inadequate. If it's a Yad, that's not Muchach, it's not clear from the articulation. So it's not just lacking and being incomplete, but the fact that it's unclear means it's not a yad either. Omar Rava. Rav Idi asked really, Rav Idi explained to me. Omar Kra, the verse states, Nazir, Lahazir. Pasuk says, Mamibar, Vav Bez, Nazir, Lahazir, Lashem, Makish Yodus, Nazirus, the Nazirus. The verse says, Nazir lahazir lashem, which is interpreted. This phraseology is interpreted as a hekish between Yodos of Nazirus to Nazirus itself. Ma Nazirus behafla. So Nazirus is a type of vow, Nazaret vow. And the Yad of Nazirus is, as we described, the handle a partial articulation to accept upon itself the status of a Nazir. The Hekish tells you that the Yados of Nazirus are like Nazirus. Ma Nazirus behafla, af Yados Nazirus behafla. Just as Nazirus is behafla in a fully articulate, clear manner, so too the Yad, the, the handle of Nazirus, the partial articulation, of accepting upon myself the vow of Nazirus, also must be Bahafla.
Let's see Rashi. Nafarish, whoever it is, says the top Rashi. It's questionable who the actual authorship is. Makish, Yodos, Neziros, Kedamrino, Le'el, Demelahazir, Nafki, Yodos, Neziros. Man, Neziros, Baflo, Debinon, Sheyafrish, Lenziros, Tosifki, Yafli. Afyodos, Nami, Binon, Sheyafrish, Lediburo, Dilomafarish, Lohaviklom, Didam, Shemachichos, Lahavnidain. So this is the template we learn from the Hekish of Yodos of Nazirus to Nazirus, just like Nazirus must be fully articulated, so to the Yad of Nazirus must be Mochichos, Yadan Mochichos. So there is an ability to accept Nazirus through Yodos with this handle, but it must be fully articulated. So that is from Rav Idi. And supporting Robo's contention that lo have niyadaim lema bepluksa drab Yehuda v'Rabbanon k'miflagim. So Gemara suggests that this machlokas between Abay and Rava, how to view these partial articulations for Nadarim, Nazirus, the Ram explains. Someone who sees his friend and says, I am a Nazir, he said, I'll be a Nazir if he's a Nazir. He didn't know at that time if the person he saw was a Nazir. He finds out afterwards that he actually was a Nazir. Nonetheless, the status of Nazirus does not become applicable to the second person. At the time of the Nazirus, it has to be clear. And since he didn't know, so it wasn't clear. So the Ran is explaining that we derive from Nazirus this drasha kiyaf lindo neder nazir lehazir lashem that the yodos of nazirus cannot be more powerful than nazirus itself and the nazirus must be mufloim mufurashin that even though he said hareni nazir im nazir hareni nazir is a fully articulate way of accepting nazirus but since it was unclear due to the context, he didn't know if that fellow was a Nazir. So it is not Chal. The Nazirus does not become effective upon him. Even though he discovers afterwards that that was, in fact, a Nazir that he saw. 
So that being the case, the Yad for Nazirus is not going to be more powerful than that. It must be Muflon Mufurashim. So the same way that that is the rule by Nazirus, Rava says in general, by Nadarim, Nazirus is a specific type of Nadar. So he requires Yadaim, Yodos Mochichos, in order for there to be a Chalos Nadar as well. The Gemara says this Machlokas Abayin Rava seems to be a Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbana. Ditnan, as we have a Mishnah, Gufo shall get Are at Muteres Lechol Adam. The Tanakama holds Rabbanon that the body of the get, the bill of divorce, incorporates the terminology. It's a, a written document, it's Sefer Krisos. Are Muteres Lechol Adam. Behold, you are permitted. To anybody, and all men, meaning this is this restriction of Ashish is released, that is the implication. Rebuda Omer, Rebuda has a higher threshold of what must be written in this get, the Sefer Krisus, the Bill of Divorce. The Dentahave Leche Minai, and this shall be for you, from me, Sefer Tiruchin, a book of divorce. Viket Paturin, a document that discharges Vigeres Shivukin and a letter that releases or forsakes a much greater threshold, according to Yehuda, that describes various facets of Gerushin, of divorce. Machlokes, Rabbanan Rabbi Yehuda. Abaye Dhamma Karabbanan, Yehuda, suggests that Abaye is accepting of yados that are not mochichos, holds like the Rabbanon, who have a lower threshold of what must be written in this bill of divorce, just a generic terminology, and Rava requires that the yados are mochichos, that these handles on Nedarim must be more articulated, even if they're incomplete. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that requires the get to be more fleshed out, describing the various facets of divorce. So Abai will tell you that I say even like Rabbi Yehuda. At this point, Abai is not willing to give up Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. And he explains why. Adkan lo kam Rabbi Yehuda, debine de'ayim chichos, elagabiget, debine krisos, veleka. Until this point, Rabbi Yehuda, meaning in a general sense, Rabbi Yehuda would agree, posits Abaye, that you don't require Yedai Mochichos. It'll be adequate to have the initiation, the initial declaration of a vow that's not fully articulated and not even fully clear. That's not an issue according to Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, why in the Mishnah does he have such a high threshold? Requires all the facets of divorce to be written, essentially articulated, but for the for the book of divorce. So that's special. There's a special requirement of the bill of divorce that there must be a full severance. 
And that is not achieved through Yadam She'en on Mochichos. So therefore, when it comes to Gerushin, for the process of divorce, Rebut has a higher requirement. He does require the full-fledged description in the get. But in general, did Rebutah have such a high requirement? Says Abaye, no. So he's not willing to give up. She does Rebutah. Virava Amar, Rava says, We initially interpreted this Mishnah as going along the fault lines of Rabbonon and Rebutah matching up with Abaye and Rava. And now we started by saying that Abai is not willing to give up on Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Rava too is not willing to give up on Shitas Rabbana. Rava will say, I also hold that the Rabbanan will agree with me. The place where the Rabbanan were so lax and did not require a full articulation, is only by gittin, by the divorce. By divorce, it's good enough to just write, doesn't need to have a, a written documentation of every facet of the separation, is divorce. It's good enough. Behold, you are permitted to, to all people, all men. That is because you have a context here. You have a context of Gittin. Top of Avmanalav, And the only possibility of interpretation of what's going on is divorce of this man to his wife. Because a man cannot divorce his friend's wife. But in general, a regular dinim of Nadarim, Nazirus, did we hear this concerning the Rabbanon? That they should be accepting of a Yad that's not fully clear? No, we did not. And therefore, Rava says they'll agree with me that in general, you need Yedayim Mochichos in order to, Yados Mochichos, in order to have a, a clarity that is effective. So even though it's only a partial articulation, but that partial articulation is perfectly clear. Let's see, Raji. Bina Krisus. Shekaris There must be a full severance between him and her. Therefore, there's a need for a clarity for his wording. That's Shita Zabaye. Top of Vavmanath and Rashi. The Enon Megarish, Eshes Chavero. The Ekos of Hareyat Muter Sochol Adam. That if he writes in the divorce, the bill of divorce, behold, you are permitted to all people. Mashma Dili Ishto Kamar. This sounds like he's conveying this to his own wife. The Eshes Enish Alma and a Megarish. Because a person can, a man cannot divorce someone else's wife. And therefore, the context of him giving this bill of divorce to obviously his wife, 
means that he's giving her a divorce, so shopping a garish, and it is adequate to effect, effect a garish and a divorce. The articulation is not necessary because the context is no other possible interpretation. You can't say that in general. In general, people talk and can say all sorts of things. So there's plenty of potential interpretations. And therefore, Rava claims, when you have Yadaim, needs to be Mochichos, even though it's a partial articulation for this Neder, Nezirs, whatever it might be, it generally requires that it be clear. That clarity is necessary because the context does not preclude other interpretations, whereas by Gerushin, it does. Continuing the Gemara. Mesve, we have a kasha. Arei hu alai, arei ze alai, also. Someone said, behold, this is upon me. Behold, he is upon me, it is upon me. It is effective, there's a prohibition. Because this utterance is considered a yad for karbonos. It's considered a handle for sacrificial purposes. So now examining this b'risa, it seems that it's because he said a lie, it is upon me, that's why the iser, this prohibition, is effective. The vow is effective. Avalo amar alai, lo. But if he didn't say alai, then not. If he just said harehu, behold, it is, without saying upon me, without adding upon me, it would not be effective. No vow, no restriction. This is a kash on Abaye, who says that yados, are adequate. It's a partial articulation, even if it's vague, that's good enough. Here we seem to have a partial articulation that requires not just harehu, but also a lie upon me. So therefore, it appears like Rava, that you need, in order for it to be effective, a lie, you need to have yodos that are mochichos. So Baye will respond to you, Taimo damra alayhu do'asa. The reason why this vow is effective is because he said a lie. But if he just said harehu without adding a lie, behold, it is, or he is, but upon me. If he did not say upon me, then harehu de hafke, harehu de soko. Then the interpretations of what he's trying to say are totally unhinged. There's no direction. It could be he's declaring something to be ownerless or something to be belonging to Hektish or to Tzedakah. Maybe he's just being Mektish. So Harehu is nothing, essentially, according to Abaye. It's not even a Yad She'en Mochiach. Rashi, Amlach Abaye, Le'olam, Lo Binin Yadayim Mochichos. Really, you do not need Yadayim Mochichos. V'hacha, so the reason why 
it is effective when he says a lie is because without that, if he just says harehu, so it's it's too ambiguous. It's and therefore it's not going to be chal and iser of nedim. But wait a second, the Brysa did say why this is Chal. And he said, It says, Because this is a handle, this articulation, is an articulation that is considered a handle for sacrificial purposes. It is prohibited like a carbon. It's a full netter. Well, if a yad, lamotus amris letzdaka or hefker or mashma, therefore, lachera, you can't say that it is too vague. So lachera, it is clear that it's for a carbon. So it's it, the it should be also like a carbon. And the status of neder should be chal. We don't say that it is too vague. El emo taimo de Omar alai hu aser bechaver moter. Aval Omar harehu shnei nasurin del dilma harehu hektish kama. So here's a, a modification of how Abai will learn this brisa. When it says what does that mean to say? It's coming to tell you why when it says that there's a prohibition that is only on him. Not that there's a prohibition altogether, but only on him. And it is permitted to his friends. When somebody makes a nether and says this is a status of Prohibition, like a carbon. So that's a general statement that affects both him and his friend. When he says a lie, so it is only a restriction on his property to himself, not to others. So if he just said harehu, then in fact, it is a yad for carbon. It's a, a nede. But then, by not saying a lie, upon me, the restriction on this object will apply to both him and his friend. It'll be a general restriction. And he says, It's not that it's explicit, but it's perhaps, perhaps he's saying it is like hektish, and therefore the restriction is generic, not just upon the one who owns it and is making the nether, but upon everybody. And therefore it is in support of Abaya's contention, his interpretation of this b'risa, that it's a yad, it's not mochiach, and it works. It's not muchach, it's dilma. Dilma reu hektish kama. And that is enough, when he just said harehu, to generate a prohibition on both. Both him and others. Mesve, another kasha. Harezu chatos, harezu asham. If somebody declares this is a sin offering, this is a guilt offering, even though he has incurred liability 
to bring a sin offering or a guilt offering, he has not said anything. It's ineffective. Or there's another girsa, seems to be borne out by the Ramam. Behold, this is for my sin offering. Behold, this is for my guilt offering. If he was liable and required by the Torah to bring either a sin offering or a guilt offering, then his words are affected. This too poses a challenge to Abayah. When he just said, Rezu Chatos, Rezu Asham, why isn't that? Yados She'enamachichos, they're incomplete utterances that are mildly vague. Why are we saying, even though it's Chatos or Asham, Loma Klum, this is very schwer for Abai. Rashi, Avagab Dehumachuyiv Chatos for Asham, Lafkumu, the Lo Omar Allah. Since he didn't say, upon me, Almo, this indicates that in order for the declaration of this vow to be effective, to generate a status of Kedusha on this animal, to have a Kedusha's Chatos or Asham, he has to have Yudai Mochichos. He has to say a lie. Achatos is not something that a person can bring as in a dovo. So if he's not obligated to bring achatos, what does it matter that he said a lie upon me? Why should his words be effective? So what he said upon me, if he's not obligated, how is he in the business of making a chatos? So that's, that's a appella in Rashi. Perhaps it could be that it will be chal, and he has to sponsor somebody else's carbon chatos or asham, possibly. Al-Kopanim, we have this kasha on Abaye. Abaye, Abaye will answer, Abai breaks down and says, even though before he said he's going according to both Rabbanan and Rabbi now he says this is Rabbi Huda. Rabbi of the Mishnah we saw in Gitin that requires that the get be written in a manner that incorporates the full spectrum of Gerishin. The bill of divorce must be fully explicit, the various angles of divorce. So Abai concedes that Yodos must be for Rabbi Yehuda. Ah, earlier Abayah said that he holds Rabbi Yehuda, agrees with him. He changed his mind. He backed off of that claim. So now that we are reevaluating what Abayah said in the Mishnah, what about Rava? Rava, that we proposed initially in our interpretation of the Mishnah would require the full articulation we said goes according to Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. Rava maintains his initial position that he's not limiting himself to Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. 
but rather also goes with Rabbanon. Ad kan lo kam Rabbanon, de lo bin enedai mochichos, el gamiget, inad amagash seishel chavero. As we said earlier, that because of the circumstance of giving a bill of divorce, is it's not something a person can do to somebody else's wife, only his own wife. So there's a context that makes it clear what's going on. Therefore, there's less requirement of a clear articulation. But in general, they do require yadaymochichos. So the Rabbanon have a particular leniency when it comes to writing a bill of divorce. But in general, they require full articulation of yadaymochichos that it must be clear. Meaning, if they're saying a yad, a handle on another, it must at least be clear what the intent is to be effective. Atosu says, Just as Abaye backed off, so we're entertaining the possibility that Rava also backed off. Which, why should we think that? What's, what's pushing the Gemara to think that Rava should also change his mind? In general, Amaraim don't like to give up for no reason their claim, if they have it, that the Tanoim agree with them. So just because Abai had to back down, why would we think that Rava should? Rashi says, Just like Abaye did not, at the end, continue to say that he is going according to both Rabbanon and Rabbi so to suggest that Rava is also limiting his perspective, and back to our original interpretation, that they are arguing along the lines of the Rabbanon and Rabbi Yehuda. And this actually heightens the question that he is actually limiting himself to to a marginalized opinion, the minority. Why would we suggest that? Rashi says, that Rava is maintaining the majority opinion and he interprets the Mishnah as not being a subject of debate by Nadarim or Nazir's other things where you have Yodos, it's going to be ineffective. Machlokis of how articulate the get must be written is a localized phenomenon. They're arguing, Rabbi Yudin are arguing within the context of Gitin, but everybody agrees, according to Rava, that you need Yedam Yochichos in general. There's no context that is a limiting factor on what could be the meaning. Let's see the rush. El Lema Rava Damakrib Yudah, the Kibon, the Mano Abaye de Lo Kitanai. Since the Gemara says that Abaye is backtracking and no longer incorporating both positions in the Mishnah within his framework, and he backed off, and he's accepting the position that what he's claiming is actually a debate among Tanoim, 
So suggest that Rava also is learning that this is a machlokes tanaim. And from the fact that Rabbi Yehuda is not talking about a get specifically, Rabbi Yehuda is saying a general qual, say the Rabbanon also are Lavdafka talking about a get, and they're saying a general rule. Mishani Avgavda Rabbi Yehuda Lavdafka, the Gvar answer is no. Even though Rabbi Yehuda is not being limited in his position, as Abaye concedes, Gabiget Lerabonon Davka. But the Rabbanon are taking a position specifically, Lochazabo Rava. And the Rabbanon who have a tolerance for a vague terminology written in the Get, that's specifically by Get, and Rava is not backing off of his interpretation that his perspective that you need in general is universal. And it comes out that it's not going to be a, a clean interpretation of the Mishnah in a sense that the argument is localized on one side and general on the other. Uh, that, that is... Uh, the, what is at stake over here? That's why the Gemara, is, as the Rush is explaining, is entertaining this discussion. And nonetheless, Rava is not backing off, and he is going to say, like he said initially, like the Gemara posited originally, that Rava is not going to marginalize himself to be limited to Shittas Rabbi but rather say that although Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan are not arguing about the same thing, which makes it a somewhat incongruous debate. Nonetheless, as it pertains to him, the opinion of Rabbi Yudah is not limited, and the the requirement for full articulation of a yad, that it be mochichos, that it be clear, so even if it's not the, the full-fledged utterance or here writing, but it must be fully clear, that is something that he maintains is universally accepted. Take a look. Vavim obeys. Boy of Papa. Rabbi asks a question. Do we have the concept of Yad as it pertains to Kiddushin, betrothal, marrying, the first step of marriage? Can one use a Yad or not? A handle. What exactly is the case that we're asking about? Rashi says, He doesn't say explicitly that she is betrothed to him, she is marrying him. What if he only does a process of Kedushin through a partial utterance, as we'll explain? Do we say there are handles in the utterances of Kedushin and it will be effective, she'll be married? Or no, does Kedushin require the full articulation and not just a yet? So the Gemara says, Hey, what's the case? If the groom, prospective groom, says to the woman, Behold, you are married to me. 
And he says to her friend, Nami, and you too. Pshita, and a kedushin asma. That's obvious. That is kedushin itself. He said hurray and then he says to her friend, and you too. So that is a clear attachment to the original statement that makes it a full kedushin, similar to la marshal brachas even though all he said for the second girl is Vatnami, and you as well, but it's smuchal it's coming on the coattails of the first utterance, which was very complete, So therefore, that is not a shaila, that's not called a yad, that the Gemara says is pshita, kedushin atma. That is not the subject of Rav Papa's question. Rather, what is the question? Such a case where he said to a woman, Behold, you are married to me. And he says to her friend, That me. And you, that nami. Do we say that he meant to say, and you also? Which, if he would have actually said that nami, and you also, that would for sure be effective. But if you just said ve'at, do we interpret ve'at as a yad, as a handle, where he means to say vatnami? That's what he means to say to her. And you also are mikudeshesli. And therefore the friend will also be mikudeshes, the other girl. Or perhaps, when he says ve'at, he didn't say vatnami, and you also. Vatchazai, and you look. And you look. What does it mean? And you look. So it's a bit vague. What does it mean? And you look. You just said, and you. And you what? And you also, or and you look. If all he's saying is, and you look to the friend, so she's a bystander. And there will not be a second Kedushin for the friend. Let's see, Rashi. That chazoi and you look kilomar v'at planisa chazis the conditional law and you, ma'am, look that I married her and you look what what's going on isn't that interesting all right but not that name and you are also mikudeshes the ram says. Even though that is not really the implication of his words. When he says va'at, it should be considered v'yad mochiachu, a clear handle. Diva'at nami kamar. He means to say, and you also. If you say that there's no yad for kedushin, so even though it is a yad mochiach, but nonetheless, if you need a full articulation by Kedushin, then the Yad Mochiach is not adequate. Meaning, he's not learning like Rashi, that there's an ambiguity here. He's saying, there is no ambiguity. That's an unreasonable interpretation to say, you look. It means, and you also be Mikudashas. But if you say there's no Yad for Kedushin, so it's not going to help. And therefore, since there's no Yad, 
for Kedushin. We say there are no handles for Kedushin. You gotta hold the pot, so to speak. You have to actually do the Kedushin so therefore you will even view it as an unreasonable interpretation. I mean, that is fundamentally the difference between a yad and the full utterance, is that it's, it's not entirely articulated. So if you don't have the yad for Kedushin, that means even if it's clear, you will not, meaning that there's not an alternate reasonable interpretation, it's an unreasonable interpretation, but if there's no yad, so it's just as well, you might as well say, an unreasonable interpretation. There's a bit of a difference between Rashi and the Ran of what's going on here. Let's take a look at the Ramah. Hilchus Ishus Perg Dalad Halachabez. Makarashesa Isha Venosan Kidusheha Midaito Yerchavato. Man is marrying a woman and gives the consideration for the marriage transaction to her friend. So instead of giving her the ring, he gives her friend the ring. This is all prearranged and agreed upon. He says, groom says to the friend, while he's giving the kedushin, this consideration into her hand. That nami and you also. Oh, gam at or other some, uh, other such additions. And similarly, you also. Both of these women are now married. But if he give he gave into her hand the friend, at just and you. The one who received the kedushin, the friend, accepting it on behalf of her friend, who's the bride. She herself, after accepting it, when he said and you is in a status of Suffolk Mikudeshes. She's a Suffolk Eshesish. Maybe she's married, maybe not. Shem Alonus Gavin, Elaliros Mabalibo. Maybe his intention was just to see what she has to say, what she's thinking. Uki'ilu Amala, it's as though he said to her when he says, Ve'at, Ma Tomri Badamazet, what do you have to say about this? Let's explore this possibility, or what do you think? It's a good shirach. Stop asking what she thinks. Meaning the Ramam's interpretation of Chazai, look, Means, how do you look at this? Ufikach kiblohi hakidushin. Therefore, she accepted the kedushin. Share is zeadayin shol aliros mabliba. He's asking her what she thinks. Therefore, it's not very clear what is going on. Maybe she did accept it with the intention to also become married. That is. Certainly a possibility. We saw the Ram says that's the only reasonable possibility. The Rambam doesn't say that. She's Suffolk Mikudeshes because of the possibilities of what he meant when he said Ve'at. That's the way the Rambam learns. We look at the Tur. The Tur says something a little different. It's in Ebenezer Simen Lamed Vov. If the girl is an emissary to accept the kedushin, this consideration for her friend, on behalf of her friend, and after the kedushin was given into her hand, critical, and after, so first he gives her the ring, 
on behalf, she's accepting it on behalf of her friend. Then the groom says to her, Amar Allah, at Nami, you also. What's she supposed to do? Drop the ring. Right? She's not interested in this guy. After all agreed upon. Right? She she's accepting it for a friend. She doesn't want to marry this guy. And then he throws in a curveball. And you too. He said also another way that clearly means he's trying to make her Mikudesh's to him as well. Other such articulations. Both of these women are now married to him. If he only said to her, and you, the girl, the friend, who's accepting the Kedushin on behalf of her friend, the bride, she is Safek Mikudashas. It's unclear what her status is. Shema Lokiven Ella Liris Mabalibo. Maybe he was just exploring. What does she have to say about this? What's she thinking about this? As though he's saying to her, What do you have to say about this? Is this a Safek Mitzad the Chosen, Mitzad the Kala, both? The shocking Hosafa of the tour is that unlike the Ramah that says this is all happening contemporaneously the tour says first he gives her the Kedushin the ring is given first and then the Hosafa the added the Atnami whether it be clear or not clear is only coming subsequently that is a surprise the Beis Yosef is omit on this point he says I'm Brivash no better goodbyes now which the tour wrote, and after he gave it into her hand, the groom said to the girl who's accepting, and she's holding it for a friend, you also, this can't be. How could it be? He already gave the Kedushin for one. What does it help for him to say to the second girl, the one who's just holding it for a friend, and you also. How would that be effective? It has to be that it's at the same time, that when he's giving it into the hand of her friend, he says, And that is clear from the wording of the Ramah. The tour is the one that is a shocking description of this halacha. Maybe one can find a way to defend the presentation of the tour. Since he gave it to her and then immediately on the heels of giving it to her declared Vietnami and you as well. So within a few short brief moments in many places in the Torah we say that that is essentially contemporaneous. Even though it's a slight delay. Ah, the Gemara of Abbasar says, by Kedush you don't say that. No by That's only for the specific purpose that a person doesn't joke around with getting married. So he can't say 
Just joking. And you'll halachzibo. Even if he said that, tochni dibur, people don't joke about that. So if he says, even if tochni dibur says not, it doesn't help. They're married. It's not, it's not considered a, a reasonable uh, retraction for something of such a weighty nature as marriage. And therefore, for this purpose, where there's no retraction, so, therefore, it's okay. Even though he already gave the Kedushin. And Lachar, you have a, a double problem here. He doesn't speak us out. But Lachar, the, the girl has already accepted it for her friend. And now there's no consideration for her. Even though he says, Vatnami, the friend has already gotten it. What's going to be now? They're going to split it? She needs money also for Kedushin. She accepted it for a friend already. He's saying, Lachara, in order to defend the tour, he's saying a, a big surprise. That it's not just a matter of the articulation, Vatnami, which is clear that he means her, but that that should be effective both in terms of the Kedushin and as far as the the consideration, meaning the, the, the fact that it was given first and then declared with a purpose is one issue. The other issue is that it was already accepted for the first girl, the girl who knew she was going to be the bride, not the, the escrow agent girl. So that's, that's a pella, but Lachara both are, according to the Beis Yosef's defense of the tour, both are subject to Tolkien So when he clarifies, after giving it to her, Vatnami. So first, this is for your friend. I'm marrying her. She accepts it for a friend. She understands this is all prearranged. She's doing her friend a favor. And then he throws the curveball. Vatnami. And you also, when he did that, right away. So the Beis Yosef says, that'll also work according to the tour. That unless she drops it on the floor, I guess, she has to clearly reject it, reject it and say, no, I don't want to be your wife. If she doesn't do that, then it will be effective. And they'd be splitting the, the Kedushin. They're going to have to cut the ring in half. I don't know, something like that. That she's accepting it, although she originally intended to accept it for herself. This very brief interlude between the act and the speech, the speech modifies the act. And it's as though he said it initially. This ring is for both of you. And therefore, they'll have to split the ring. And if she accepts it and doesn't throw it out, throw, throw it down, or say, no, I'm only accepting it for my friend. So then she will also be married. That's that's Lachara, the, the Yishu, by the Beis Yosef. The uh, Rav Shlomo Zaman was very makbid when he did Cedar Kedushin. He holds the Chassan's hand back, make sure that he doesn't give the ring first and then say, I Mekadeshisli. Make sure that the Dewar comes first, then the Amira. According to the Beis Yosef, in explaining this tour, you don't have to be so so concerned about that. Someone was very concerned about that. But according to this Beis Yosef, that's Tokhde Dibor Kedibor Dami is not said across the board. It's said in a very narrow sense. Shein Yochel but not not more than that. Back to the Gemara. Was this really a question that Repapa had? Right, the Gemara at the top line said Boy Repapa Yishad the Kedushin Olo. Was this really a question that Rapapa had? From that which Rapapa said to Abaye, does Shmuel hold having a dime? Does Shmuel hold the Yadaim, these handles that are not fully clear? Are they a dime? In the context of Kedushin, that's where this 
question comes up. So it, it would appear that Rav Papa did understand that there are Yadayim for Kedushin. Rigmar answers that he was discussing the Shita of Shmuel. It was one of the opinions of Shmuel that Rav Papa brought up to Abaye, but for his own part, he was Masupik about it. Over here, boy Rav Papa, he has a question. He understood Shmuel's opinion, partially, wanted to get further clarity, but for his own part, he was Masupik about it. Unsure. Continuing the Gemara. Boy Rav Papa, ye shad o Do we say that there's a handle to designate peah or not? The mitzvah, setting aside a corner of the field for the poor to harvest, must be done by the owner. Can he do so by a partial articulation? Hey, what's the case? If he said, this furrow, this row, should be peah, and then followed up with, and this one as well, that is full-fledged designation of peah. That's not a yet. What is the question? What is Rapapa trying to get at? Kigon, what would be the case? The Omar that he said, similar to the previous case, if the groom said, Pshita, that that's Kedushin, so to over here, and this one, this row also, is certainly Peah. The question is if just he said Badain and this one. Without saying this one also. Velo Amarnami. My So that's Rapapa's question. Now the Gemara has a a diuk from this question. Machlal, this indicates to us. This seems to imply that when he declares the entire field to be peah, it is effective, and the whole field becomes peah. And this is correct. Vatanya, normally Vatanya is Loshan Bitmiya as a question. Here the Shita says, and it's clear from the context, that it is Binichusa. This is a support. The Bryce says, from where do we know that if a person wants to make his entire field peya as a gift for the poor to harvest, he may do so. The verse says, the corner of your field. So it's, the implication is your field, not misadcha, your field, the whole field. Do we say that since it is hukash to karbonos, there's a connection between peya and karbonos? Ma karbonos yeshlam yad, af peya yeshlo yad. That just as karbonos can be generated through the utilization of a handle, an articulation of a handle, so to peya, odilmo ki iskish lavalta acher ud iskish. Maybe the hekish is limited and only for the purposes of lavalta acher of the restriction of delaying fulfillment of the obligation one accepted upon himself. That's the question. The hecha iskish, and where is there hekish? Detanya, as a tanar breisa, me'imach, ze'lekeshichopeya. 
the Pasuk is talking about a nether of carbon. And when it says Meimach, so that is referring to Hukash to context Leket Shechan Meimach, not only for the carbon, but also Leket Shechan is also subject to Balta Acher. Rashi explains, God will seek it out from you. You made a, a, con, a commitment to, to give this, whether it be an offering or this gift to the poor. God will seek it from you. You made a commitment, fulfill your commitment. Okay, so that's the Gemara. Let's just go back a little bit to understand what exactly was the Gemara's raya. It's a little bit peculiar, Lachara. And the Gemara has Rav Papa's question, is there a Yad for Peya? We explained, if he said the word Nami, so that's not a question. If he said, said Hadein Nami, this one also, the second furrow, in addition to the first furrow, so that's Peya Maliaso, that's for sure Peya. The question was, was, was if he merely said Vehadain and this one without articulating Nami. So how is that to be interpreted? And then the Gemara says, hey, this implies that you could be mafresh your whole field as payah. Why are we saying that? Where do we see that? I mean it's it's a bit of a, a tangent, but what is the implication that that is the case? Let's see the Ran. The Ran says, This certainly is the context of what Rapapa is asking. Because in the first row, it must have the full requirement of Peah. But on a biblical level, Anything is adequate for Peah. Rabbinically, they require one in 60 of the of the produce of the field. So, we're living in a rabbinic world, and the Ram says, Rav Papa understands, Pashat, the first row had all the necessary produce, the, the crop has enough in the first row to fulfill the mitzvah of giving Peah. D-lo, because if that would not be the case, even if you want to say that there is not a yad for peah, nonetheless, when he says this quasi-articulation, without saying nami, certainly that would be peah in a, in a full-fledged sense. Why? Since he began making peah, the first part he articulated fully, when he then adds up and follows that up with, and this one, the second row, the second furrow of his field, he means to complete the shear of Peah. So that's Pashit. That's not a Shiloh. Therefore, it must be, says the Ran, that Rapapa's talking about a case where the first row already had a full share of payah. Elvada, 
even the ikashir peya become isa miboile. Rapapa's talking about a case where there was a full shir peya on the first row. Now he's saying this ver, this vague declaration, vehadain, and this one, the second row. Without saying also is peya, or also, just and this one. So what does he mean? Do we say that there's a yad for peya or not? That's the, the shiloh. But l'chera, tzorach biur, very nice, he, he's told us the context of the question, is that it must be that the first row already had a sheer payah, but still, how does it imply that the whole field could be made payah? There, there's two rows, maybe there's, there are 200 rows. Where do you see the whole field? What's the raya for the Gemara's tangent? Oh, you see from here that he can make his whole field payah. Let's take a look at Tosos. This is a wonder. What is the diuk? Where do we see mechlal from this question? That if he said the entire field should be peya, it works. What is the implication to that? That the diuk from that which it says in the Talmud, if he said, and this one, the second row, also, that's good payah. That implies that not just the second row, but even the entire field could also be designated as payah. From the fact that he's making two rows as payah. So that's what Tosu says. This isn't Tosos, but now we have, of course, Tosos is a conglomerate, many different shitos, the composite. Velo nira. And there's pushback on that. Does not seem to be correct. Chado. Who told you are not talking about a big field? Maybe it's a very large field. The gam Even if you made all two rows as peah, katagei Maybe he's leaving the rest of it for himself. And therefore we have no proof that a person could set aside the entire field as payah. Also it seems to be focusing, the diuk seems to be on the teaching the, the question of her papa, therefore it would seem to say that the, the correct interpretation says another day in Tosos, it's going on the question of her papa, he's not sure, or perhaps when he says and this one, the second row, is for himself, He's, he's setting aside the second row for himself. So, so this line already, just to think back on what the Ram said, this is against the Ram. Right? The, the, the first Mahal Chantosus, okay, we, had, we have a, a very basic question on it. The second row should imply the whole field. Maybe it's a very large field. 
But this last line, Lachar, is against the Ram. The Ram said that the vague declaration of Vihadain without adding Nami, this, without saying also, if he had not yet given the Shir Peah, would obviously be a Gemar of Nasina's Peah for the second row. That is not what Tosus is saying over here. Dilma, the Dilma Atzmi Meshar, maybe when it says Vadain, he's still, he doesn't mean to complete the Nasina's Peah, but he means to set it aside for himself. Vim, Haya, Sham, Shar, Harbe, Mivadze, and if there would be much more of the field beyond the second row, Imkain, Oshayachlomer, Vahadein, Latmo. Then to say Vahadein and this should be for himself doesn't make any sense. I mean, his words have to make sense. So when he says Vahadein and this one, this one what? So if it means to say it's for himself, that's gibberish to say the second row is for himself. If there's a third and fourth and fifth row, that's also for himself. So when he's designated the second row as something, and when entertaining the possibility it means for himself, that means there is no third, fourth, fifth row. That's also for himself. Therefore, says the, the Tosos, we have a duke that it is possible for a person to be maktish the entire sada, to, to be mafrashit as peah. Because otherwise, the possibility of saying has no validity. That possibility makes no sense. It can't be he's designated the second row for himself as differentiated from the third row, fourth row, fifth row. That, that's not a possibility. So it must be there's only two rows. That's what we're talking about. And Kol Hasada, derived from here, that there are only two rows in the entire field. And still, if he says, Vihadain and this one, they are both Peah. Alma comes out, Ki Omar, to have it, Kol Sada Peah, have it Peah. Therefore, the Diak, that if he says the whole field should be Peah, it works. Shani, in. Then we ask, is that really the case? And we bring a riot to support that idea. Continues, Sosos, Vim Toma, Valobi Yushalmi. We have a kasha, the Gemara in Yushalmi says, Per Gimel, Allah how big of a field does a person need to be subject to the mitzvah of setting aside a corner of the field for the poor? There's no shir. Kol shu. Any field. A tiny field. So Yushalmi is getting into the nitty-gritty over here. Until he begins the harvest, there is no obligation. If he's already harvested, then there is no corner. And if you start shrinking down the field to the smallest possible size, if there's no size of a field, the chiyuv peah begins after the harvest begins. So he has to harvest something to trigger the chiyuv peah. Right before he has any chiyuv. So this seems to be against the b'risa that supports the idea. Make the whole field peah. No, you can't make the whole field peah. The Yushalmi says, the chiyu doesn't start until you harvest. So you have to do something. He, let's say he just harvests one stalk of grain. Then the rest he could be mafrish's peah. He can set aside the rest, but he has to start 
harvesting in order to initiate the chiyupe altogether. Yishlom answer, this is what is meant over here called Sadeo Peah, that the entire field is designated as Peah, a gift for the poor. It means the entire field after he started a little tiny bit. So he's saying, it's, it, it, it's necessary, like Yerushalmi says, to do a little tiny bit of harvesting. And he says, even though there's a, a tiny bit, he, he chopped down one stalk, it could be even it doesn't have any financial significance. There's no value to this one stock. It's not worth a shavruta. It's not even considered like he saved something from his field for himself because it's so minuscule. It's just one stock. Nonetheless, it's considered a haschala. He was able to begin and initiate the obligation of peah and could designate the rest of his field as peah. So, so therefore, it's called in a generic sense, Kol Sadeo, his entire field, because all the value of his field, the only thing he kept for himself was Pachas Meshavah an insignificant quantity of grain that he harvested for himself, not even the value of the smallest coinage, but that was enough to trigger the Chiyuv, and then it could be Mafras, the rest of his field, as Peah. So it's not a stira to this Yerushalmi, this Brisa, and it goes together. It's, it's a, a little bit of a, of a Labdafka, Kol Sadeo, it's not really Kol Sadeo. And Lachara, that is also Al the way the Rambam's going to learn. Maybe he'll say even a bigger Lavdafka, I don't know. Loshon the Rambam in Hilchos Matnasaniyim, Perk Beis, Halachet Yiralev, Baal Abayas Shekotzer Kol Sadeo, the owner of the field who harvested his entire field and did not leave aside Peah, now he must give from the harvested stocks to be payah for the poor. So even though normally the payah is given, it's left over for the poor to come and harvest it themselves, it's a, a very dignified form of a gift of payah. They're, although they don't own the field, they don't own the produce, but they're working for it. In the event that the person who owns the field chopped it all down, so he gives from the stocks that were chopped down as payah, this gift for the poor, and he does not need to give miser from this. What he designates as peah is peah. Peah is already a gift for the poor, and the poor don't have to give a tithe from that. It is its own type of tithe, and there's no need for miser. Even if he gave them most of what he harvested, it has the status of peah. Nonetheless, whatever he designated as peah, even the majority of what he harvested, is going to be exempt. It's going to be paid and exempt from needing to give the tithes. If he finishes all the process of harvest, then he does need to be meister, to give meister. Then, after he did set aside the meisters, he still has to give payah, the appropriate shear of payah, from what is already now chulin, had the, the, this designation of, of the other gifts taken out, he still has to give payah afterwards. Chen this applies also to trees, to orchards, 
Agopanam in Ramam says rov, rov hakatsir. It doesn't say the whole thing. Meaning, the same kasha that we saw in Tosus, that the Ushalmi seems to require a, a harvest, at least the initiation of cutting something before the Chiv Peah is triggered. So when it says a person can designate his whole field as Peah, so the Ramam says Lavdafka. Doesn't mean the whole field. Because Mishnah is only on this also. It says, This Mishnah, Yushalmi says, that any amount of field is subject to the obligation of Peah. Consider this. Think about this yourself. If there's just one stock, until he cuts it down, there's no obligation. Once he's chopped it down, there's nothing left. Tipater. Gemara says, when he chops down one stock, and there are five kernels on the stock, so there is the ability to differentiate. Because of smag, any amount of land is subject to the obligation to give peah to the poor. Maxim Bishalma Gemara and Yushalmi has a kasha. A question for Hello Tsarach Bikutsrcha Shikzar Leatsmo Shumdavar. There's a requirement of it be that the Khiv Peah is taken from your harvest. You have to harvest for yourself something. The Fikashinab Tosefta is therefore is taught in Tosefta and the Braisa shows a Kosadeo Peah ain't a peah. You have a Braisa that is exactly against our Braisa quoted in the Gemara. The Ha the Tanya Peah Kamad and Dorim, the Braisa we saw in the Gemara, Dafov Mbez. That he's able to make his entire field pay. We have a Brysa that says he can't set aside his entire field as pay. And that which our Brysa says he can doesn't mean the entire field. Tosa says it's called his entire field because he didn't retain for himself even a Shavapruta, and that's good enough. He just has to trigger the Chiv Peah. By harvesting something for himself, but not more than that. Yesh Lodom. Yesh Lodom. In the event, as we saw in the Rama, that if a person harvests the entire field and then gives pay, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to leave over some stocks that are not harvested, not cut down. Let the poor come and harvest it themselves. But the Ramam says if he didn't do that, he still gives pay afterwards. So what what happens if he harvested it all without designating anything? And then afterwards he remembers, Oyve, I was supposed to set aside something for payah. Feels so bad about it. He says, you know what? Everything I chopped down, I want to give that to the Aniam for payah. What about in such a case? Will that work? Will that not work? So Rikiva Ega on the Mishnah Peah, Pegemo Mishnah Vav says, quoting the smag that says Labdafko, Hainu Shitsarach Liktar Ktsasa Atzmo. He must harvest a little bit for himself. Vatam de Mikormoza, the reason is because before this, Lonis Chayv Hasada Bepeah. 
he must harvest some for himself. Without harvesting some for himself, the whole field is not subject to the obligation to pay it. It's Madoktik in the Rambam. He only says Rov Hakatsir, not Kulo. He cannot give the entire harvest for Pea. So Rabbi says that Lachera is, is explaining that even somebody who char- chopped down his entire field, that's the, really the context of the Rambam, is extrapolating this from the Rambam. He did chop down his entire field. He cannot give it all for Pea. Meaning, if he did so, so then he didn't harvest even one stock for himself, or even one kernel for himself. So that would undo the status of the entire pay. It must be that some of the kasir was for himself. If some of the kasir was for himself, then the rest could be given as pay. So that he's pushing the Rambam when he says rov, rov It's not just uh, a limited rov. It could be a rov gomer, like the Tosa says, that he, he even has less than a shavapruta for himself. It's not just rubo kekulo. And maybe that's, that would be in the interpretation of the, of the b'raisa, in a, in a lavdafka sense, a very big lavdafka sense. No, it's, it's kimat kulo, just not absolutely kulo, because you have to trigger the chi of peah in order for the peah to be chal. That's the way Rikidev Eger is explaining the Ramam, that you can't just designate it as peah as a nadava. So to speak, it's chayiv and meiser. You can't do that. It has to really be peah. To really be peah, he's saying it has to be some chayiv. But the chayiv is not triggered until he harvests something for himself. So he, he can't designate all of what he chopped for the aniyim as a bitaris peah. He can give a gift if he wants, but it's not going to be peah. It'll be pata for meisers. If he does the entire thing, there's no ksira for himself. That's what it comes out. That's the uptight of what he did. We will we'll view it as just harvesting on their behalf and nothing for himself. It's not ksircha. And therefore, there will be no peah if he designates truly the entire field as peah. And they're not saying it's a machlokis. Interestingly enough, you have two brises that are saying the opposite things. We didn't find anybody saying it's a machlokis tanoim over here, whether it'll work or not. They're uptouching the brisa we have to accommodate the other brisa. But it says the entire field, it doesn't mean truly the entire field. It just means almost all of the field, as the Yushalmi indicates.